This is the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. Welcome to the newest episode of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast on the Love Wrestling Podcast Network. My name is Big Bad Boris, and I'm very excited to be joined by somebody that I've actually been a fan of for many, many, many years on the independent scene uh, out in the States, Mr. Lucky13. Lucky, what the hell's going on, man? Um, not much, dude. Happy to be here. And uh, I appreciate the kind words, dude. How's, how's the weather in Jersey? Uh, it's a little cold actually right now. I mean, for, for being June, you know, I mean, uh, you know, could be nicer, but can't complain. All right. So I got a bunch of different things that I want to talk to you about. We're going to kind of jump around all over the place, but I wanted to start with something uh, that I really enjoyed that I actually watched again this morning, just to kind of uh, re-get it in my brain. And that was the interspecies wrestling uh, million block match. <laughs> How did you end up getting involved in that? And tell me some of your thoughts on that match. Um, Gosh. Well, I, I've known Raj, um, who, you know, runs IWS since, uh, or what is it, Interspecies, sorry. Since, like, back in the day, like, when um, I used to go up to uh, Quebec to wrestle a bunch, like, I used to do, uh, not IWS, but Fred LeMarvel ran a federation up there called MWF for a little bit. And then okay. there was also, like, AWA in Quebec, which was out of um, Valley, Valleyford? No, Valleyford? I don't whatever. That I, I worked up there a bunch. And, and that's how I originally met Mike, and we became friends. And then... Uh, you know, he started his own company and we stayed in contact and stuff. And we always wanted to like work together and we talked about it. And it was just that, you know, that date happened to work out and he was like, you want to do this? And I was like, dude, I'd, I'd love to. It sounds fun. So that's how that whole happened. And I mean, you watched the match. It was, I had a blast in it. I don't, I don't even know if I actually did a wrestling move in the match. <laughs> for for the people, just having fun. Sorry, for the people who may not be familiar, Interspecies Wrestling decided they wanted to do a match uh, with one million Lego blocks. So they had had uh, advertisements for fans to mail them Lego blocks. And, and they did that. And they did the match, I want to say, it might be even a couple of years ago now. They did it at uh, the H2O uh, building in New Jersey. And it was you and Orrin Veidt and Kenzie Page and Jeff Cannonball and one other person. I actually spoke Kennedy, to Orrin Veidt about... Was Kennedy in it? Ken no, Kennedy wasn't in it. Um, it was um, the... Um, or was it Kennedy Copeland? Was it no? It was um. What's oh, it, the, she, the, the girl? The girl from Canada. I'm mixing my people up now. What is her name? I can't remember now. She's got red hair. Uh, she used to wrestle for CZW a bunch. And uh, golly, not Lufisto. It's uh the other one. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You're not thinking Mickey Knuckles, are you? Because it was definitely not Mickey Knuckles. No, it wasn't Mickey Knuckles. <laughs> I, it's so funny. Now. I, I watched it. Name? Yeah, I watched it this morning, and I'm totally drawing a blank. But uh, I spoke to Orrin Veidt about the match. He's a, a friend of the show, great guy. And he said that it that it was a lot of fun, but it also kind of sucked. Because, you know, there was a little, obviously some pain involved. But uh, um, uh, I enjoyed the fact that you liked to, that you sat on the mat for the first five or so minutes and just were building things while people were kind of resting around you. You kind of threw a bit of fun psychology into it. And it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, like I said, I didn't do shit in that match. I just had fun. You know, what's funny is I just wrestled Jeff Cannonball last um, last week. 
uh, last Friday, and we were actually talking about this match, and he was like, oh, I fucking hated that match. And I was like, How, why did you hate that match? And apparently sometime in the match, he throws up in the ring. I don't know if it's on camera. Oh, really? <laughs> but I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize that it actually happened either until he said, he's like, yeah, dude, I threw up in the ring during the match. I got so blown up because it was so hot in that place. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even know that happened, dude, but that's disgusting. But <laughs> No, I had no idea. And then uh, you you got hot when somebody stomped on your Millennium Falcon. You were flying around. Yeah, that was uh, that was something else, right? Because those aren't cheap. <laughs> well, and, and somebody's got to build the thing too. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a uh, that was ten hours of somebody's time wasted. <laughs> yeah, Warren Vites had a, had a lot of nice things to say about you, and he also said that you guys look the same, but you have a better hairline. Oh, what a deck. That was well, that's a shot. Of me. <laughs> I, well, I wanted to I wanted to make sure that I put that in there, but he I definitely said some some nice things uh, about you. Yeah, um, I like him. He's a good dude. Yeah, great, great guy. Uh you are uh, at least I think for the next few days, uh still the longest running H2O uh Danny Havoc hardcore champion. What does that mean to you? Um after a Danny passed, there's so many people that just have so many wonderful, wonderful things to say about him. Uh, is that a kind of a special uh, a title that you got a chance to hold for, for as long as you did? Well, I mean, he was he was my my best friend. So obviously that that meant a lot to me. I mean, he's he's one of the few guys that I would actually uh, hang out with outside of wrestling. Like if we had weekends off, we would always be traveling together and doing stuff and, uh, you know, going to like water parks and making them go off the, uh, you know, the speed slides, even though he's afraid of heights and everything. And um, yeah, so, so holding that, uh, you know, means a lot to me. And that's still why I wear a shirt uh, in the ring sometimes when I decide I had to wrestle with a shirt on when I feel like uh, when my body dysmorphia kicks in and I feel fat. <laughs> you always um, look great. But, I don't yeah, know what you're talking I mean, about. <laughs> yeah, I know it's body dysmorphia is a real thing, but oh, sure. uh, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, he was he was my best friend in real life, so I mean that means that means a lot to me to to hold that title. But uh, yeah, Brandon's gonna pass me, and honestly, if anybody else, if anybody would pass me, I would I would hope it'd be Brandon because Brandon was also good friends with him, and he's he's kept the legacy of of, of Grant um continuing on, and uh, I mean he's he's also a great wrestler, like he's fun to watch. Yeah, when he just the outpouring of love and all the great things that people had to say about Danny Havoc after he passed, he was somebody that I wish I could have gotten to have meet or or an interviewed. But uh, lots of love for him. And you mentioned him being afraid of heights, and that's something that always blows me away. Is so many of the guys who were afraid of heights are the ones that do the craziest dives, that jump off the highest things. I know <laughs> it's crazy. Like he's always the one doing the stupid falls and everything, and he would he was always scared out of his mind, which isn't like. I, I don't know. I guess that's like in our our rest, wrestler like uh, intuition. Is that the right word? You know, where yeah. you're just scared shitless to do something. You just fucking do it anyway. <laughs> it's that fight or flight thing that kind of kicks in. And it's like, well, I mean, I, I, I'm going to. Yeah, this yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, here we go. I guess we're doing this. Like, no turning back now. We're up here. So you first kind of came on my radar uh, in CZW, a nation of intoxication kind of era. Uh, how important was that as a, in part of your career to kind of get your name out there? CZW and like the indie scene at that time was really kind of getting was blowing up and getting really popular. So how important was that for you to be a part of that? Well, um, going back to, you know, Danny Havoc, Grant was really the... Um, my, my biggest uh like ally and you know getting me getting me in a stable with him um you know putting me out to promoters getting me bookings letting me travel with him and getting me you know bookings on his back and everything because he because everybody everybody wanted to book him 
And he'd be like, yeah, well, you can book me, but you gotta, you know, I gotta bring Lucky along. And so I, I, I piggybacked off him a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, if it wasn't for Grant, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to do the nation of intoxication. That was all like his idea. Um, and I wouldn't have nearly have traveled as much as I did. And I wouldn't have, I don't think I'd be as successful as I've been as, or as successful as I guess I could be on the Indies, you know, without mm -hmm. doing everything, you know, <laughs> And you got a chance to be involved in a lot of of uh, a cage of death matches and those kind of things that really popular back in the day. Tell me about some of those. Uh, so again, we were, we were just talking about like uh, fight or flight or whatever. And one of the things that really stands out to me and uh, was the first cage of death I did. I was on top of the cage, and I had to take a. Uh, I took a super kick from dysfunction, mm -hmm. and and I fell off the top from the top of the ECW arena. Um, through a double stacked barbed wire table and I got up there and I remember looking down and being like this is a lot higher than it looked from the ground <laughs> and then next thing you know dysfunctions up there and it was like oh I guess we're doing this you know and and it, you just you just do it and you know pray for the best and then you know you you land and you're like all right I live like <laughs> um yeah do you not that, get that a chance was, uh, that was a moment I remember and then Sorry, do you I'm not sorry, get a no. chance? Do you not get a chance sometimes before the show to at least get a chance to go up there and, and take a look at the height? I know Cage of Death; they kind of build it, you know, uh, during you know in the intermission before the match. But there's nothing really set up for those balconies that you get a chance to go up there beforehand and get a look at it, the height. Not really, because I mean they gotta, um, yeah, the the whole thing's got to be built, so it's not like built before the show. You kind of have an idea of what the structure is because it's like drawn out. Grant would actually always draw out the structures on paper, and they did the uh, they built the structures off his designs. Oh, um, really? yeah, yeah. So we he was a fantastic artist, actually. Um, so we we had an idea of what it would look like, but uh, so we knew how to what we wanted to do and how we could structure the match and everything based off his drawings but we didn't know what it was going to actually be like until like you're through the curtain and you look at it and you're like oh shit there it is <laughs> <laughs> how close did the did the drawings come to the finished product was it usually pretty bang on um yeah yeah i mean shawnee scrawny shawnee who uh you know was the guy who like set up everything is a uh he's a he's a master of like uh following uh you know the diagrams and constructing everything um but yeah for the most part like everything was was pretty spot on every time and i think that a lot of those guys that do that kind of stuff you know building the big structures we see it a lot in, in game changer and we see it in icw uh, i think they sometimes don't get the they fucking they... suck now <laughs> like the, the all the like uh they're not they're not as cool as the cage of deaths were back when we were doing it like let's be honest like they're kind of like even even the one that what was it TOS this year like I mean it was it was it was like half a cage like it's not I don't know like even H two O not to not to you know I love Matt and I love H two O as a company but you know they advertise like barbed wire cages and stuff but the cages never come out nearly as cool as any of the stuff we did in CZW. Why do you think that is? In in my opinion, why do you think that is? Just different crew, different guys, different ideas. Uh, well, for one, like when, when you were at uh, CCW, they were allowed to um, uh, um, to leave all their stuff at the arena. So you you had oh, okay. the cage there like full time for storage and stuff. Like where where like where are you gonna what are you gonna do with the cage now? Like Game Changers a traveling company, right? Like is Brett just gonna pay for storage to keep a keep a cage in storage for twelve months out of a year just to take it out once a year? You know, I don't like. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's just, yeah, resources, uh, the, the resources were there at CZW, whereas like the, you know, it's not there nowadays. And I, I don't know what they did with the, uh, with the former cage after they moved out of the arena and the, uh, skate zone and stuff. I haven't seen it. I could tell you a funny story quickly about uh, a cage for, for the independent company that I work for, uh, here in Edmonton, Alberta, we have a steel cage that we would, we would trot it out maybe once every couple of years or maybe once a year, because, you know, kind of a pain in the ass and we would, uh, store it in our, uh, one of our promoters backyards and, uh, a tree root grew into like a tree grew into the cage. So one of the years when we wanted to use it for our Halloween show, we actually had to saw this cage out of this, this tree. And I always thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, it's, uh, um, they're, they're tough to store. So I think that's the main reason why uh, you don't see too many like really cool cage designs and stuff on the indies anymore. <clears throat> Um, so CZW, they were kind of dormant for a while, but they've been making a bit of a comeback and starting to do a lot of shows. Are you happy to see that? I mean, more places uh, for the guys to work is always good. Yeah, I mean, we're doing the, uh, what, the Twisted Metal Twisted Metal Deathmatch tournament or whatever the hell it is on mm -hmm. August 5th. Um, oh, I don't think I've been announced for that yet. <laughs> Whoops. Hopefully this comes out after. <laughs> I, can, I can cut that if you want me to. Yeah, you don't have to. It doesn't matter. They're going to announce me soon enough. Um, because yeah, like Schlack has announced, and on. I think somebody else as well. I can't quite remember though. They just announced Orin last night. Ah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, like the lineup, the lineup for that's fucking stacked, dude. Like, um, it's me, Orin, Akira, Schlack, Remington, Roar. Um, gosh, who else is in it? I can't even remember. Oh, the Bev. Um, he's been killing it the last couple of years. Beverly's. Yeah, I actually don't want to. I don't want to spoil the other guys, but they're all they're. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good tournament is that uh, streaming anywhere uh, i have no idea actually because i'm not sure if they actually <laughs> have a streaming thing yet for because i wanted to i think they might have like their own their own streaming service that i don't know if yeah not not positive all right fair enough uh so this is a music podcast as well as a professional wrestling podcast i'm a big music fan and i like to know what uh what uh, my guests are into uh we're gonna go to your first track now and it was kind of funny when we were talking about this over our, our twitter direct messages setting this up you were asking about what other people were picking and saying that your 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 tastes are all over the all over the map and i've had this a couple of times with different guests where they're almost worried that they're going to pick something wrong when there's no wrong answer to pick a song you know what i mean well, uh, like I said, I was just at the gym and my gym playlist goes from like, you know, a Treyu to a, uh, a Squella Grind to a uh, freaking Kesha. Like it's it's like I said, it's all over the place. Like, <laughs> But that's I think that's awesome. I mean, Verizon definitely the spice of life. Uh, what you picked is, for your first track is it's a band called Folly. The track is called Broken. I checked this out when I pulled it and this song is all over the map. It goes from like hardcore to ska. It's really, really cool. Tell Dude, me a bit about Folly's this. Bali is fucking awesome, dude. Like I went to uh, I went to college with these guys, and that's okay. how I became a fan of them. Um, they're they're they were huge on the East Coast for a while. Um, they actually like headlined back uh, when we were in college and stuff. They were blowing up. They headlined um, what is that in Chicago? They were on the main stage for like Riot Fest or something like that. Okay, one of those things, and they headlined like all the festivals on the East Coast. And then the lead singer got a uh, graduated college, John, and became a teacher. Uh, English teacher of all things. So he decided uh, he was going to stop, you know, with, with the band and become a teacher. 
Um, and he said uh, the funniest thing was he would have kids come into class on like the first day and they'd look at him and they'd be like, wait a minute, you're the singer from Folly. And he's like, yes, that's me. And they're like, you're the you're my teacher. Yeah, like, which would be kind of cool as a student, like going in and having the singers of one of your favorite bands as your teacher. You know, like that'd be a cool experience, I think. But they just they just started uh, got back together and uh, are releasing like new stuff now um they just were uh, at a adjacent festival in atlantic city which was headlined by like blink 182 and paramore okay. so they started uh playing playing festivals again um but yeah they were on uh what was it Tr trust kill or triple crown records back in the day um i'm not sure if they're yeah, well obviously not signed anymore because that was over 10 plus years ago um but i know they're recording new stuff now i'm not sure who it's with um yeah, but again, I became friends with these guys. I was in a band, uh, like a jam band with uh, the drummer Willie and uh, Aguin, the guitarists, for a while while we were in college. And, uh, you know, so when I became a wrestler, I, I wanted to support my friends. So I used I used them as my theme music for a while. <clears throat> and I think that's a great way to actually discover new bands is when is when, you know, workers do that and use uh, different like lesser known bands for their music. Uh, the teacher thing, it's almost like a Greg Graffin Bad Religion kind of a situation as well. He does some some evolutionary. <laughs> I've seen like evolution, <laughs> evolutionary biology teacher kind of stuff as well. So. Uh, yeah. Imagine having him as your teacher. That'd if be I... cool to a quick, 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 bad religion story. So we were wrestling uh, on the Warp Tour. What was that, like two, three years ago? But probably yeah. more than that now. And uh, my girlfriend at the time was a big Bad Religion fan. So I brought her um, with me because Bad Religion was playing one of the days or that day, one of the days. I can't remember. Um, but when you're uh, when you get to wrestle on the Warp Tour, you get, uh, um, you know, a, a pass like you're in the band and stuff like that. Like you get an all access pass. Yeah. So we got to like in between shows, we got to go to catering and everything like in the convention hall, go to catering where like all the buses are pulling in and everybody's eating and everything. And I... Um, oddly enough i knew who bad religion was but i never really like listened to him or got into him and uh i'm sitting there at catering and uh i'm getting food and uh some kid comes up to me and he like runs into me accidentally and bumps into me and he's pulling on my shirt and stuff and his, his dad next to him is like hey stop it don't bother him. i'm like no it's it's fine like it's no big deal you know and i grab my food and i go back to the table and i sit down and my girlfriend looks at me and she goes what what did he say to you and i was like what what did who say to me and she was like, you were just talking to the lead singer from Bad Religion over there. And I was like, oh, that's him. And then and then I saw them like, uh, you know, two hours later on stage. I was like, oh, shit, that was him. Like, I didn't even realize that like we had that moment. <laughs> Fantastic band. One of my favorites for sure. So we yeah, are yeah, awesome. I've seen them. I've seen them live multiple times since then. And they're they are phenomenal live. Phenomenal. And just like getting older, but still getting better and still cranking out great records and putting on great shows. And like Greg Graffin looks like my dad. His, his stage like, presence is like unreal, yeah. too. Yeah, smart guy, yeah, too. Yeah, I've read yeah. a couple yeah, of they're, books. They're awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go to your first track now. This is the band uh, that's called Folly. The track is Broken on the Punk and Father of Podcast.
lasting memory Will control each word that I write And I used to think that my hands could dance I only needed to hold, 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 to It's Folly. The track is broken. The first pick from Lucky 13. Uh, I want to talk about XPW. Um, you've been working a lot for <laughs> XPW lately. They uh, always kind of, I don't want to say mired, but always uh, kind of involved in controversy. And I just, it, it blew my, because I was a, a fan of XPW back in, in the day in, you know, the early 2000s. And then obviously they went away for all. But the fact that they're even back is mind boggling to me. Um. Well, if you remember back in the day, they had the big feud with CZW, CZW and, excuse me, XPW. Mm. And I was I was obviously always team X, or CZW. And then, um, like, my my favorite wrestlers growing up, like, I always admired, uh, like, M-Dog 20 and Josh Prohibition. Because okay. I started as a backyard wrestler like them. And then they, you know, went to CZW. And I used to go to CZW shows as a fan and watch before I became a wrestler there and everything. Um, and then when, when M dog made the jump from CZW to like XPW, it like broke my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's kind of funny how everything comes full circle and, you know, opportunities come around and, um, you know, Rob, Rob started running again. And, um, one day my phone rang and he, you know, Hey, it's Rob black from XPW. And I was like, wait, what? And, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, Rob Black, you know, I've seen your stuff. Uh, some people have thrown around your name. I'd love to have you come come work for me. And uh, it's been it's been a good relationship ever since, really. Like Rob, Rob, Rob pays really well. He, you know, pays for your flights, like, you know, gets hotel rooms. He, you know, out outpays most other promoters. It's I've, I've got nothing bad to say about my experience with Rob. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've you know, XBW is kind of like my home now. <laughs> Yeah, that's something that's been uh, kind of coming out on social media through some some feuds between people or whatever, is that they're uh, treating their talent very, very well, which I think is great. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. They're, um, they're, everything they do, too, is, um, uh, it, it's so, like, professionally done from, like, the editing in the back and everything and the way they cut promos and, you know, even uh, taking... Um, taking promo pictures and everything like they got slava who's like hey uh, I, I think he does mostly like <laughs> porn stuff out in like la uh but his his setup to do like eight by tens and everything is uh is it's, it's unreal and the photos he, he does is just top notch and it's it's it, yeah, it's crazy how how well everything's done and i i see people like shit on xbw and shit on rob and everything all the time and uh i feel like if they actually got to know him like their 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 attitudes would change towards him 
And I think that, uh, and maybe I'm I'm speaking out of turn because I don't know the porn industry, but I think the por- but I do know the wrestling industry. But I think the porn industry and the wrestling industry may not be as different as people think. Uh, yeah. I mean, I same. I don't know the porn industry. Like, like there's there's marketing and performance, either, but I feel like and, there are content uh, and blends together. And well. Also, like also you know, kind of like kind of like wrestling, wrestling and the music. I'm sorry, what? I so said, like there, there, there's, there's performance and and marketing and content and media, you know, and all that stuff is 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 equal to porn and equal to pro wrestling. Uh, yeah, yeah, the way they have to like market themselves and everything too, and um, I think just the uh, uh how do I put this? Kind of like this seedy underbelly kind of blends with like underground wrestling. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. deathmatch wrestling oh, for like sure. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. And they also just added Ron Nimi as well. I'm a, a commentator by trade myself, so I know how important a good commentator is. And having Ron as part of the uh, uh, the crew is great. No disrespect to Chris Kloss, but I think he, he was a little bit antiquated, uh, you know, from from the from the old days. And I think Ron does a really great job. Oh, but like uh, there's there's two things I don't think people realize uh, make up. Oh, I'd say three things that people don't realize make like add to wrestling matches, and that's um one is the commentator like a bad commentator can really make a, a good match seem you know normal or not that good mm-hmm. um a good a good crowd like a crowd that reacts to everything and is loud obviously makes a match a lot better and a, and a good referee like I, I think referees are really um underrated for the job that they do um because if you if you've a, like if you have a bad ref who's like missing their spots or you know not not getting in for quick enough for like you know quick pins and stuff like that like it it takes away from the match but like those are three things that are really um people don't realize all comes together besides the wrestlers putting together the good match that you need you need everything to come together and Ron Ron really does a great job with his um his excitement and his play by play and he knows the wrestlers and he knows the moves and yeah he he does a fantastic job yeah, I've been uh, doing commentary here in in Alberta, Calgary, and Edmonton for the better part of twenty years, and I, you know, I take it pretty seriously, and I always try to do my best. And and I also agree about the referee. We've got some great ones here, and a great referee is one that you don't notice until you're supposed to notice. And it's yeah. it's, a, it's a very subtle art. A good referee, and and you know, I I don't like sometimes when the way you know they book to sell out the referee a little bit too much sometimes. But yeah, a, a good referee is hard to find and very important. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, and when you when you get a bad ref, it it, it stands out too in the match. Like it, it again, it it takes away from the match, and I think it stands out a lot of times too. Um, so what do you think is? And this might be kind of a grandiose kind of question, but do you think the state of independent wrestling right now is very healthy? I, I think it is. Uh, uh, dude, I don't watch wrestling at all or follow it to be honest. <laughs> See, that was going to be another question I was going to ask you because I find that in 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 like talking with with people in my local scene here and some of the interviews I've gotten to do that there's two schools of thought that there's people who watch a ton of wrestling. Like I do. I try to watch a lot just because I love it. And, and there's people that watch literally none. So you're obviously in the camp that don't. And is there any reason for that? Just no time or just you do your uh, thing and that's what's important. My, my, my best friend's the fucking champion of AEW and I don't even watch him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but why is um, that? I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I just don't watch it. Like I'd rather, if I get home from work, I'd rather put on like, uh, put on uh, like discovery channel and watch Josh Gates. than I'd rather watch wrestling on Wednesday nights. <laughs> like, so what are you into uh, then? 
Oh, like real dumb stuff. Uh, really into like crypto, cryptozoology or cryptozoology, whatever the hell that's called. Like uh, aliens, ghosts, like that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, conspiracy theories. Love a good conspiracy theory. I think they're all dumb. Like, I think they're insane. But it's, I fucking just love learning about them. Like, <laughs> is there any that you that you think that there might be? Because I'm like a little bit of a conspiracy theory guy, but not a lot. I think me being... I, I, I want to put this in a way that's not offensive, but I think me being Canadian, I'm maybe not as tuned into a lot of conspiracy theories as an American might be. And I don't mean that disrespectfully at all, but is there anything that, that you've, you've read or seen that you're like, maybe there's something to this. Um, I think there's some legs on, on, on Bigfoot. I think, uh, I think he might exist somewhere, but as far as like conspiracy theories, like, the flat earth or like we never landed on the moon, like stuff like that is, is seems pretty like ludicrous. Um, but it's, it's, it's still interesting to hear people's to me. It's interesting to hear, hear people's like viewpoints on why they think so. Or like the hollow earth, you know, like, uh, which is funny you, you've never heard of the hollow earth. No. Tell me more about the hollow earth. So one, you can't be a flat earth guy and, and a hollow earth guy because <laughs> to be a hollow earth guy, uh, the earth has to be round. And inside the hollow earth, there's entrances um, where uh, like back when giants used to roam the earth and everything because they, you know, found these giant bones and everything out. And I forget where the hell it is, but uh, they all ended up going underground. And now they have this huge, um, you know. Uh, community of giants that live inside the earth and i guess there's entrances they think somewhere in like antarctica and there might be some, i forget where like the other one is but there's this whole other like species of um giant people that live inside the earth and that's that's the hollow earth <laughs> that's fucking amazing yeah <laughs> you, okay now i'm gonna ask you another thing because uh, I don't know what the fuck cryptic zoology is. Tell me about what the, or cryptozoology. What is that? Crypto. It's it's like uh, it's like Bigfoot, chupacabra, stuff like that. Um, oh, like Loch Ness monster and all that. Yeah, kind of fun yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all those animals that don't exist that people think exist, basically. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay, so you'd rather watch that than watch wrestling, but that's fair. I mean, I mean, you, yeah, you, you spend <laughs> yeah. enough time in, in in the business that maybe you want to take a break from the business. Um, I, I read when I was doing a little bit of research on you that I didn't already know, uh, that you've done some MMA. Tell me a bit about that. Cause I don't remember hearing or reading about you doing any MMA, but I mean, it's out there. So yeah. tell me about uh, your yeah. MMA history. I trained at, um, it was American top team Bethlehem at the time. Okay. Uh, Carmelo Marrero who fought for, gosh, what is it now? Elite, Elite XC was the company, I believe. Okay. I've heard of that one. Uh, yeah, which this was this was going back like when you know you are, you're probably in like UFC like fucking thirty or something like oh, that. Okay. Um, yeah, trained there. Uh, had you know fought a bunch of did a bunch of kickboxing matches. Uh, and then I did a uh, one amateur MMA fight, which I uh, got my ass kicked really oh, bad. Really? Uh, oh, and I did celebrity boxing too, and that's right. And uh, who the heck was the uh, the the ref for the celebrity boxing was um. Some like middleweight world champion whose name's escaping me right now, but you know what? So I went back to wrestling because I wasn't very good at this. But but uh, uh, the celebrity boxing, I lost unanimously in three rounds against a pro fighter out of a Philly camp, 
And uh, after the fight, the referee said to me, um, which I don't know if this is a uh, criticism or if it's uh, was meant to be in goodwill, but he said, I've never seen somebody get punched so many times and not fall down. Yeah, that's either a backwards compliment or like a savage <laughs> insult. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, got a got a solid jaw. I was just I gonna say, like, like, I don't you... think I've I don't think I've ever been knocked out. Like, knock on wood, I don't think I've ever been like knocked out like wrestling or anything actually. Um, and I've I've fucking I've slammed my head a bunch, a, a good a good amount of times. You you <laughs> actually had a, a clip on your Twitter uh, of you doing I think it was like a four fifty or something off of off of the box in CZW, and you it kind of ate shit on the floor. You said that that Gulak was the only person that got a hand on you. So if you're not getting knocked out by that, you must have a a strong chin. Well, yeah, I yeah, I uh, that was a six thirty actually. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I I, don't, I I remember hitting the floor there and just fucking yeah, I landed pretty flat actually, which I think uh, was was good. Um, but yeah, I mean I. Uh, I was actually watching an old clip of uh, GCW when I was in what is it, the Nick Gage Invitational, and Shane Mercer gave me an awesome bomb from the inside of the ring to the outside through a table, and I went right to the floor. And he watched my head snap, and uh, my arm stays up in the air, and I slowly drop it. And I remember people commenting on it, being like, "Oh, it knocked him out." But I remember as it happened, I landed, and I was like, "I should sell this. Like, I'm knocked out." So. When you see people get knocked out, you ever see them like freeze? I was you know, just gonna like, say I've saw like I'm not a big <laughs> MMA guy, but I you know I watch compilations on YouTube and stuff, and sometimes you'll see the, the arms go out straight as they as they fall down. So yeah, that's a great sell. So I, I like that I like to use that sell a lot when people like hit me with big stuff where like I pretend like I'm knocked down, I hold my arm stiff there for a while, and then I just slowly let it fall. And like it, I, yeah, it makes people think I get knocked out, but I I don't think I've ever actually been knocked out wrestling or oh yeah. Awesome. Again, yes. knocked on wood. <laughs> um, you mentioned Matt Tremont a, a couple of minutes ago. You were working the H two O seventh anniversary shows, and uh, he was involved in a a seven hundred light tube death match with Neil Diamond Cutter. Is he out of the hospital yet? Uh, yeah, he got out. He was there for uh, I think he was in for six days. He said, I, "I again, I haven't watched the match." <laughs> Um, so I can't I can't comment on the match itself, but I know. Uh, yeah, I know he got pretty fucked up. Like uh, the idea of 700 light tubes seems insane to me because I know how cut up you get just using, you know, because four light tubes. <laughs> so 700 is uh, they their their backs must have been freaking just hamburger. Like. It, it appeared to me watching it that that there was some sort of cut on the leg because that's what they were wrapping in towels at the end. But it was kind of a weird thing because I'm watching this match and I'm thinking to myself, if I'm there, the way they have it set up for the first, you know, few minutes, I can't even see in Probably the ring. Probably couldn't even see in the ring. That's exactly, yeah, I couldn't. So And, they, and I think they realized it because they started grabbing bundles off of the ropes right when the bell rang because I think they both realized that, the you know, the fans can't really see anything. Um. I mean that was that was that was probably called. That seems like something Matt would do. He's like, yeah, they can't see, so we'll just start grabbing shit and hitting each other right away and just fucking get into it. Like, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I you run into that problem a lot, uh, you know, on independent wrestling where, like, when you know doors when you do like death matches and they 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 start the match with like doors or board, you know, barbed wire boards in the corner of the ring, it cuts off, you know, a view for you know all the people in the corner they can't see now so they they can't see anything until you guys decide to go through the board or move it so i so mean of, it is sorry is what it is 
So what does what does the next few years look like for Lucky Thirteen? You're you're cruising on. I think the the body the body's still feeling pretty good. What's uh, do you have any like short term goals or anything that you want to do, or are you just kind of trucking along, taking bookings and doing what you do? Kind of trucking along, yeah, taking bookings right now. I think eventually I'm gonna uh, reach out to uh, maybe in like a you know within the year reach out to Orange Cassidy and be like, yo, dude, get me on fucking dark finally, you know, um, and you know just to put that feather in the cap. Um, cause he's got, a, he's got it in with Tony pretty good. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I hate so I'd, to... I'd, 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 I'd like to do that before I, uh, before I hang it up, you know, but I think I still got, you know, uh, enough gas in the tank to keep going for a while. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but dark and dark elevation don't exist anymore. Whatever. <laughs> get me, get me a dark match. <laughs> there or you something. go. Get me, get me on it. Just get me in there, Jim, you know? Right on. Um, let us know uh, where we can find you on the social medias and any kind of upcoming bookings you got. Give yourself a plug. Uh, what the hell is my? <laughs> so I'm at uh, at Bigwig NJ on uh, Instagram, um, which if you you know uh, is named after, I get tagged in the band all the time. <laughs> um, and uh, they actually messaged me once and was like, "Hey, can you change your handle?" I'm like, "No." Because I, I essentially stole it from them. Okay. So they're they're big wig band and I'm big wig NJ. <laughs> okay. Um. So that's that's me on Instagram and then on Twitter I'm what at, at Neo Shooter. Like none of my names make sense whatsoever. I wanted it's, to ask you terrible. where the Neo it's Shooter came for, from for social media. Where What's did, that? Where did that Neo Shooter come from? Because you've had that on your your Twitter for years. Uh, because my favorite MMA fighter was Genki Sudo, who went by the Neo Samurai. And uh, at one time when I was wrestling, I decided I was going to um, do more do more wrestling than I was like high flying and deathmatch stuff. So I was going to be more wrestling based. And at Neo Shooter was kind of like an homage to him and the shooter, like wrestling shooter. So that's where that came from. And then obviously I didn't do I don't do any wrestling at all in my matches. So, <laughs> so I, yeah. I find yeah um, sometimes it's weird with the Twitter handles like Alex Shelley's as Fate Kincaid and I have no idea what one has to do with the other but he's had it for so long that you just kind of know that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is um, which? Yeah, I, I think it's bad when people try to like look me up though, you know, and they're like, I can't find this guy, or if they if they happen to because I just have a uh, a name that has nothing to do with my name itself, you know. But it, whatever. <laughs> Uh, tell me about your upcoming bookings. I know uh, that you got a Sean Henderson show coming up, and I think there's an XPW show coming up as well. Uh, where can the fans see Lucky Thirteen? Uh, yeah, I think I'm actually off the next few weeks. I play slow pitch softball, like seditious, pretty competitive. I was just gonna say, play... like Sid. <laughs> yeah, I play on a, uh, a travel a travel team actually that travels all over the country and plays. Oh, really? Um, so I got uh, we're yeah we're getting uh, right in the meat of the meat of the season here. So I uh, I'm traveling with with uh, my softball team the next. Uh, Next two weeks, three weeks, whatever, and I'm actually not. When is when is Sean's show? Do you know? I don't have it in front. I, I don't have it in front of me. I think it was August twenty fifth. I, like, I don't have any dates in front of me. I think I think the next dates I'm doing. I'm, there's like a Tremont show in there, and then there's uh, XPW, and then the CZW Junkyard Deathmatch show. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I, I I don't even know my own dates. How am I supposed to tell people? I'm a horrible. I'm horrible at promoting myself. Apparently. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do this just because we're friends now. I'm going to do this for you uh, because I've got it in front of you now. Uh, you have Sean Henderson's uh, Dylan McKay's Underground on Friday, August 25th in Williamstown, New Jersey. And 
I don't, I don't put anything on my, I don't I hardly go on Twitter. You're lucky I even saw these messages. <laughs> and uh, you've got something else going on. Uh, no, that already happened. Okay, we're in the past now. Anyway, that's the one that I see, and I know Expedia's got something else coming up. Uh, 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 yeah, I got like a, I got the Elback the Elback show in September that we're doing at the uh, the Steel Stacks, which last time we had over like a thousand people out or something like that. Which uh, we you know uh, wrestled uh, Orange Cassidy uh, in a and Delirious and Cheeseburger and like the main event there. Um, but we're yeah we're doing that again in September. I know I got that. Um, yeah, I think like XPW, Sean, Sean's show, I'm wrestling, who am I wrestling? Uh, I'm either wrestling Cycliope or Medeo Extreme, like one of one of those guys. I think it's Medeo Extreme. Sure. Yeah, I'm wrestling, I'm wrestling him, which should be awesome because I know he's really good. So that should, that should be fun. I love that um, I know more about your bookings than you do. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm horrible at promoting myself. Oh, so soft, or slow pitch, softball, what position do you play? I pitch. Oh, you build. That's important. Look at that. All right. I, I, yeah, I, I, you have you, to be really fucking. You have to be. You have to be really fucking dumb. You have to be really fucking dumb to pitch in slow pitch softball. How come? Uh, well, you got guys that are you know six. Like I like I said, I play competitive, not like beer league softball. So all the guys you're playing with are like former you know minor league baseball players or college you know d1 baseball players and stuff like that so the the, the competition is legit you're throwing the ball underhand 15 miles an hour right um you're 48 feet away is the mound and coming off the bat uh you know guys hit anywhere from like 110 to 115 miles an hour and so the biggest part of the field is you right don't got a lot of time to, to yeah no, no no you actually you wear you wear uh Full, like almost like a uh, hockey hockey gear when you pitch oh really uh, you wear yeah you wear shin guards you wear a helmet uh some guys wear chest protectors i don't i just go out there with shin guards and helmet and hope it hope i live <laughs> uh do you hit for power or do you hit for average uh, a little bit of both you know um I mean, I can I can hit home runs. It's not really my my role on my team, but if I have to, you know, I can. But I, I don't I don't necessarily go out and try to hit home runs every at bat. Uh, you also have a limit on home runs that you can hit. Um, like we're we're allowed to hit eight home runs when we play. So you wanna you wanna limit. You don't want to hit like a like hitting a solo home run really isn't isn't a mm. good use of your at bat. Yeah, like you want to you use your home runs with runners on base. It's almost like psychology and slow pitch. Do they cap uh, the 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 runs per inning like beer league, or is this like the real deal? Just running. Oh out? no, yeah, yeah. You can have a game fucking like be forty five to forty, and it takes like two and a half hours. Awesome, it's insane. I spend like yeah, but if you're at softball, I'm like last week I was there and I I left my house at five thirty in the morning and I got back at nine thirty at night. Do you uh, are you a baseball fan? Do you have a team in the bigs? No, I hate baseball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've learned is that you play slow p- or softball, but you hate baseball. You wrestle, but you don't like watching wrestling, and, and you uh, you think the Earth is flat. Wow, wow, wow! No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just joking. On, I'm joking on that last part. <laughs> but awesome. yeah, everything else is correct. All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me, man. This has been a lot of fun. I I, I assume that you'd be super cool just from from uh, watching the way you carry yourself in the ring and stuff. You look like you're having fun. You'd be a cool guy to chat with, and you absolutely were. Uh, we are going to close this off with your second pick, which is uh, 
Uh, track called Real that. Thing by Turnstile, very, very popular band, Turnstile. Tell me a bit about this song and why you picked it. Uh, okay. So I picked Turnstile because, again, I just uh, picked music that I used as my theme songs in the past. And um, I'm a big, big uh, like, ever since I was in high school, I started listening to, like, pop punk music. And Newfound Glory was, like, the first band that I, like, fell in love with, you know? Um, so I've seen Newfound Glory uh, probably over like 20 times. And I went to a show, it was probably like 2000, I don't know, 17, 16 at this time. And uh, Turnstile, and uh, I always go and watch the openers because I like discovering new bands and everything. And mm -hmm. I saw these guys and I was like, these guys are fucking awesome. And I looked them up and uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start using them as my theme music. And they weren't, they weren't real popular at the time. And I started using them. Um, and then you know, ever since then, like their since their last album came out, they've just fucking they've blown up. Yeah, big time. Uh, which is awesome to see. But yeah, I just it was kind of again they they were kind of lesser known at the time, and I was like, hey, I'm gonna you know give these guys a little little nudge and use them as my theme music, and hopefully, people hear them as my theme music, and they get and they're like, hey, who's this? And they look them up, you know, just to yeah. So that, that's how I that's how I uh, use Turnstile and. What are uh, some of That's your other it. favorite bands? What are you listening to right now? Uh, what am I listening to right now? Gosh, dude, I, I literally listen to, like like I said, everything. Um, like, I'll listen to, like, indie pop music, like Knox, uh, like Pop Punk, like 408's the new stuff, Hot Mulligan. Um, I've heard the new Hot Mulligan album like said, is really, really good. Well, What's that? I've heard the new Hot Mulligan album is really, really good. If you want to check something out, if you haven't yet, the new Wonder Years album is fantastic. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I love Wonder Years. That, yeah, uh, them, real friends. Yeah, it's it maybe not new. It, maybe it's been out for, I want to say, maybe a year, maybe not quite a year. But yeah, just just top-notch, great stuff. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to check that out. All right. Thank you so much, Lucky13, for hanging out with me today. We're going to go out to uh, your second pick, uh, Real Thing by Turnstile. I am planning on sitting down with Gigi Ray on Tuesday for next week's podcast, so definitely check that out. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you guys all next week.